Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of The One, the only fan club and podcast dedicated exclusively to effects pedals. That's right. If you love effects pedals as much as we do, you are in the right place. You are amongst friends. You have found your club. We have a very special episode and a very special guest with us today. I'm Justin. I'm Vince. I'm Jamie. That's right. We have Jamie from, I always want to say uh, Tulsa House of Guitars, but it's Guitars House of Tulsa. It is Guitar Guitar House of Tulsa. Yeah, correct. Yep. Um, and we also, Jamie and I were talking in pre-production today that I use the word iconic to describe the the guitar shop. And I, where are you going to adopt it, Jamie? Like that's a, it's a powerful, but I think it's accurate. It's pretty powerful. I love to hear it from you. It's not a word I would probably usually describe uh, like the shop I work at as like that feels like a little <laughs> arrogant almost, but um, I, I love to hear it. It's great to hear. It is, um, it is, I think I have two, fa- well, maybe three favorite guitar shops and it is absolutely one of those three guitar shops. It is amazing. If I would say like, it's almost to the point where I'm going to say it out loud. Even if you don't, if you're not visiting Tulsa, it's worth visiting Tulsa just to go to that guitar shop. Cause drew the owner, super, super great human. It was awesome meeting you. Uh, just felt like you're at home there and you could talk to anybody in the store that works there about guitars, effects, amps. You just felt at home. Everybody had so much knowledge about the place. It was just a wonderful experience. And thank you for actually selling me one of my guitars. I bought the Lucille from you. You did, yeah, yeah. And thank you for saying that. I, I love hearing that people are comfortable in the shop and, and have a fun time coming here. That's that's what we're all about. And I, I love that. I love hearing that. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool shop. Uh, we talked about the Lucille on a previous episode. It's still, just so you know, getting played regularly. It's in rotation. Uh, I love that guitar so much. And I think you were the person that set it up for me and uh, originally kind of plugged it into the amps for Rhett and everybody to play. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. We love it. Yeah, thank, thank you. I'm glad you love it. I, I love getting guitars into the hands of people that play them and enjoy them. That's that's what it, really what it's all about. So I'm, I'm glad it's getting some use. And um and, and yeah, awesome, awesome that it's still, you know, still one of your main players. It is. It rotates between that and a Les Paul is kind of where I bounce back and forth. Um, but before, that's enough about our guitars. Your shop is amazing. Everybody should also, just so you know, people do, so people do know you ship and you do have an online presence. So you don't have to go to get great instruments, but it is a wonderful place to visit. Yeah, I think it's worth visiting. We do have guitarhouse.net. That's our website. Um, We post a lot of the stuff that's on our website is also on Reverb. So you can find most of our stuff there as well. Uh, But I think think it is worth saying that like a good amount of our inventory uh, is not online. Um, You know, I usually post a lot of the high-end pieces there, vintage pieces, high-end boutique pieces, um, you know, stuff, stuff like that. But there's a lot of your like everyday player, like Stratocasters, Telecasters, like we've got some highway ones in that are like, you know, it's a thousand dollar guitar. And it's just like a great player guitar. A lot of people see our website and they think like, wow, this place only has $10,000 guitars. And, uh, and that's just, <laughs> it's just not true. It's just like that stuff has a better opportunity to sell online than it does locally. So I, I prioritize that stuff for online, but if there's something you're looking for, you know, feel free to reach out to us. We might have it. We might be able to find it for you. We do stuff like that. So, um, to, so yeah, if that, our website, guitarhouse.net, check it out for sure. Uh, but no, there's, there's more than, more than just that to, to what we've got. Quite a bit more, I think. Cool, yeah. Uh, you have you do have a substantial amount of ten thousand dollars guitars, and I the day that I bought the Lucille, I walked in confident I was going to spend twelve thousand dollars that day, and uh, 
I backed down. I, I got gun shy, and then some other gentleman came in and bought that 50, that Les Paul Jr. double cut. That was Yeah, the 59 there. DC. Yeah, it's a cherry. It was yeah, really, that. really good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I have some regrets now, Jamie, but um, still, <laughs> I was. I, they, I talk they made a big others. game. Like, I, they, they did make others, and I do talk a big game, and Vince jokes with me all the time. Like, I'm going to do it today, and then I don't, but whatever. Anyways, one thing that caught me, like, just everybody's knowledge there is pretty wild. So I would like to get into your kind of history as, you know, your background as a musician, how you fell in love with pedals, uh, that whole thing. And then we're going to get a little, little bit of biography. We're going to talk pedals. We're going to get a tour of your board and then we're going to play a game of space on my board and, and desert Island. So kick it off, Jamie, let me, let us know where you're at. Like, how'd you get to where you are? Cause you are a heck of a guitar player. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. It's one, it's kind of one of those things I, you know, I think a, like a lot of people, uh, I did not intend to manage a vintage guitar shop. That was never in my plan. I never set out to do that. Um, I started um, I started playing cello in fifth grade. Um, I, you know, I loved music growing up. That was always something I really enjoyed. And I started playing cello in fifth grade. That was kind of my introduction into actually like playing music. And I played cello all the way through through high school. Um, through senior year and that was that was my main instrument for for that whole time I picked up a guitar I got a guitar from my grandfather um, he gave me a Vantage like a Matsumoko made Vantage they're under the Aria brand if you know Aria um, Telecaster and I that would have been he used to own a music store way back in the day so he had a couple pieces left over he did horn repair um, and so he gave me that guitar when I was um I think I would have been a sophomore or junior. I think I was like later into my sophomore year of, of high school. And so I, I started playing it a little bit, strumming around with it a little bit, but um, cello was definitely still my, my main focus. Um, I bought a Martin, like X series Martin, um, which are much better guitars now than they were at the time, in my opinion. Um, but I wanted the name, you know, I wanted something that said Martin. There's always that thing of like, I want to buy a Martin. And uh, so I, I bought a Martin quote unquote, um, but it was mostly, mostly high pressure laminate. Uh, that guitar was okay, and I bought that in I think uh, my junior year to kind of strum around on more. And I, I was an acoustic player for a long time. Uh, I got out of high school and I realized that like cellos are really expensive. Like if you want a good cello, you're gonna spend like a, you know twelve hundred dollars plus for anything that's halfway decent. And I really wanted. I was used to playing something decent, so I wanted something decent. And it was just one of those things where I was like, well, I guess I will save up a little bit and buy a nicer one when the time comes. And then um, I started I started college. I just got, did some community college uh, prerequisite stuff. And um, that's kind of, you know, being a young adult is expensive. So long story short, I never got the cello. Uh, <laughs> and so I just started playing guitar more and more. It kind of just became, and I realized like, oh, I really, I really, really like this. Like this is, this is really fun and it's new and it's different. And um I can play it by myself. I don't need to be a part of an ensemble to kind of finish the sound. Uh, and so I, st I started playing guitar more and I, I kind of just like the, the cello thing, it just kind of fell by the wayside and I kind of got over it. Um, so I got a job as a door grader at Guitar Center because I just really wanted to do something music related while I was in uh, college. And so I got a job as a door greeter at Guitar Center. I don't think that position even exists anymore. I don't know if they'd still do that or not. Um, I know our local Guitar Center doesn't. And it I feels did that like for a while. It's just the, uh, the, 
the closest person to the door yells something at you when you walk in. Right. Yeah. And it's it like used to be like you come position. in for sure. Whoever's closest, like just say hi or whatever. Because uh, there used to be time, that little booth, right? Yeah, the booth, and you'd stand there. Booth. And yeah, yeah. You'd check in people's serial, like you'd get the serial number for the guitar. You'd check the bag when they came in, and you check it again when they left, and check the receipt, like Walmart style, kind of. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I don't think they do that anymore. Um, and so I did that for a while, and then I moved to accessories, which is where I kind of fell, started to fall in love with with pedals a little bit more. I had never really played electric guitar um, too much. I had like a, I don't know if you remember Guitar Center's old house brand of amps, but it was Raven amplifiers. No, they're I should a little know obscure. It, but I don't. A little obscure at this point. It's just kind of like your basic solid state. It was like a twenty watt solid state amp that I had RG twenty. Um, and so I had one of those and my Telecaster copy, but I was still mostly playing acoustic at the time. I moved into accessories. I started selling things like that. And some of the people there were like, started talking about pedals a little bit more, started getting more interested in it. I started playing my electric a little bit more. And, um, eventually I was like, well, I should, I should probably have a pedal. So I got a big muff. Um, it was my first pedal, um, just the, the big box, New York pie, um, which I think you can, I think you can still get those. They're like 80 bucks brand new or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Um, that was my favorite. That was my favorite pedal. I have had a big muff on my board ever since. I really like a big muff. Um, they're, they're super fun, super fuzzy. And it was around that time that um, a Stratocaster came in that I really fell in love with. It was a used one and I bought it and it's been my main Stratocaster ever since. Uh, it's kind of a parts caster kind of thing. Um, and I could talk about that later if we want to, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I love that guitar. And so that that's kind of it. Um, I, I worked in the accessories department for a while. I moved over to the guitar department, started selling guitars. Um, they moved me up to assistant manager. They moved me up to CSM, which is now STM. It changed while I had that position of store training manager. Um, basically like a second in command under the store uh, store store commander store manager and so i did that so i did that job for, for a while and i heard uh, around that time i heard of drew and he had he bought uh, guitar house in 2015 oh, okay. and um because we've been in town since 1964 it's a super old store locally um and there's been a couple couple owners that but drew bought it in 2015 and started to do a little bit more of this vintage centric thing um and so I started to hear rumblings of like this guitar store doing some more vintage things. It was still at our old location um, around Sheridan and Admiral. If you're local to Tulsa, you'll know where that's at. Um, and when I got really kind of fed up with the classic guitar center corporate thing, I reached out to Drew um, and I went into the shop. And I, from what I understand, he had recently let a couple of people go. I walked into the store to talk to him and he was really busy and he was like managing the register by himself, um, had a couple of people in and out and he, I could just tell he was like slammed. And so I told him, I was like, Hey, I want to like talk to you about a job. I had emailed previously, never really got anywhere. And he was like, well, I'm busy. And I was like, well, okay, I'll wait, you know, I'll just wait. And so when he finally got a moment that was free, I was like, Hey, the, the, the interview was pretty short. We walked outside, he smoked a cigarette. He was like, why do you want this job? And I told him a little about what I do. And I was like, long story short, if you hire me, I can just do all of that for you. And you don't have to man the register anymore, like as the store owner. Um, and he was like, 
let's give it a shot. And so he hired me then and um, I've, I've yeah, worked here ever since. What year was that? That would have been 2018, I think. Oh, okay. Or late 20. So you've been there like a, you've been there like five years. Yeah, five years. Like that's about about perfect. Yeah. And so uh, we were Drew, we were at our. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, Drew is a really cool guy. Like he's, he's the like, best. The only time I met him was he was just calm and collected. And he knows like everything about guitars. He has uh, an an insane encyclopedic knowledge of vintage <laughs> instruments. I learned. I know everything I know. I learned from him. Um, when it comes to, to, to vintage pieces, as well, at least, um, I had a pretty big, you know, knowledge base of just like stuff in general when I came to Guitar House from um, from working at Guitar Center. But um, and and I worked a lot of departments in Guitar Center. I could bounce bounce around everywhere. That's kind of why I think I moved up to those um, higher positions. Is I could I could really help out in different places if I needed to. So I had a good like general knowledge, but when I came here, I, I really started to dive deeper into into the vintage aspect of things, and that kind of became the passion um, there. Because I've always loved antique shops and you know things like that, just like old stuff. They hold stories, like we all know they do. And um, vintage guitars are the same; like they hold stories. I really like them, so that that kind of became the passion, and, and that, that's why I love working here so much. It's super fun. Yeah, it's a it's a really really special uh, special place. Um, so, I mean, this is the Effects Pedal Fan Club, and we will get into your board here in a second. But just the fact that you talked about like vintage instruments holding stories. I mean, do you have like a couple highlights that you'd be willing to share with the fan club about like some instruments that have come through the shop? And they don't have to be like you know astronomically like holy grail instruments, but just like some cool stories sure. you know that you've seen come through. It can vary a lot from like specific stories and then to um, sometimes it's the mystery of it, right? Like sometimes you'll get a guitar in that's just like so beat up. It like looks like it was drugged behind a truck. All the frets are worn to pieces and but it still like still somehow plays well and like sounds great. And um, like those those pieces are really like it's almost up to you to kind of like figure out where it's been things like that like it leaves a little bit to the imagination like those are really special and then there's like recorded uh there's specific uh instances where there'll be like some recorded history for the instrument um recently not too long ago a um older lady came in with a jaguar um it was a jazz master actually not a jaguar and um she was like this was my husband's he played in um, this rock band, the surf rock band. Um, it's, you know, this guitar is on this single that they got, they did one single. Here it is. It had some, had a little bit of radio play and like, here's pictures of him holding it. And you could, you know, you look, you pick it up and, and it's, it's got the same things, you know, like a lot of the frets are worn. Like you can tell this guitar was like played every day and played Mm -hmm. a thousand shows and seen a thousand bars and all that stuff but you actually see the story behind it. Like, here's the picture of the guy holding it. Like, here's the single. Um, she had one of them, one of the singles and on like a 45. And so like, it, it's both, right? Like, it's really cool to see specifically like where the guitar has been. And sometimes it's cool to know it's been somewhere, but um, not really know the specifics. It, it leaves a little bit to the imagination. So I, I think both are really cool. Yeah, it's... Um... It feels like, like you said, it does, every instrument there felt like it had a story. Um, at least when you walk in, everything on the left side, is it, I figured how it's divided. Maybe right's acoustic and left's electric or something like that. I just yeah, felt the like general, they all had stories. The general vibe is, is that the left wall of our store 
most because we have racks in the middle of the store if you've never been to the shop there's like four main electric racks uh, and they house a lot of your standard guitars you know your les paul standards and your prs's and your tellies and strats and stuff but our left wall of our store is dedicated to vintage and so if we have any vintage strats or anything like that right now we've got some cool stuff up there there's like an old silver birch les paul and a 69 telly and some old bases there's an old um there's an old uh, precision base when it still had the uh, non-contoured body and that's been refinished in like a cool red sparkle. Like there's a lot of cool instruments like that, that wall of our store is dedicated to vintage. That's probably why I only noticed the left side of the shop. I just, my brain just went like right to it. Um, and I, it's a bit of an eye catcher for sure. It's a bit of an eye catcher for sure. Well, Um, not to mention underneath it is just lined with like, you know, every fender amp ever made is, yeah. there's brown face and black face and silver face like all just like stacked up underneath this wall as well so there's there's a t- there's it's a definitely a lot going on over there it's i can't say it enough fan club you gotta go it's amazing it's like if you're looking for a road trip just drive to tulsa it's not far from anywhere and <laughs> you're gonna jamie i think you work there whatever six days a week you're you're right there yeah, it's, you're in it okay um so what I guess we could talk a little bit about your rig because I am kind of fascinated what you're playing through this board and we'll get into it in a second but uh, I think more importantly is like what has driven you to kind of build your rig like what are you kind of music are you into uh, like from an inspirational perspective and like what are you trying to like create yourself are you playing in a band are you uh, recording at home is are you just playing for fun what's 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 Jamie's musicianship I'm not in a band currently I'm not against it um but i'm not i'm not currently i think it would take the the right group of people and it would take um you know the the right musical style to to really do it i think i my music that i play for myself um I, i do play for myself a lot of the time because i've spent so much time around guitars like like six days a week um for a job um the the gig aspect like it has to be really enticing for me to 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 really want to do that i think because otherwise i'm just adding it's just guitar is like it's already my job and so i don't really want to make it add another level of job to the job if you know what i mean and so i really like to play guitar for myself a lot at at home as a creative outlet and a release without it being um some sort of expectation or um you know yeah, expectation uh, kind of tied to it, I think. So I, I'm not in a band. I'm not against it. Um, I would actually love to, but um, I don't think I would. It's not something I want to force. I want it to just happen naturally, find the right people. Um, as far as inspiration goes, I listen to a lot of, I guess you'd call it emo music. I really like, um, like Black Country New Road is probably my favorite band right now. Um, I love them, and I like bands like Law Dispute and, um, you know, um, Defeater and Citizen and a lot of these, like, quote-unquote emo bands. That's not really, I think, what you'd think of when you think of, like, Midwest emo, but um, post-rock, post-emo, Midwest emo, that that kind of stuff. Um, and then I really like, I really like Snail Mail, too. I've been jamming Snail Mail's first album, Lush, like, crazy is a little bit more on the singer songwriter side of things but um a, a sad girl sad girl music that's probably the the best descriptor of it <laughs> in total um so that's that's kind of my vibe um i really like 
I wouldn't call myself a jazz player by any means, um, but I really like taking these kind of like big open chords that are um, have a little bit of like a jazz voicing to them. And um, I, I really like doing this like really clean with not a ton of reverb, but like clean with reverb, a little bit of space filling, delay, things like that. And just kind of doing these um, really big and really pretty um, voicings that kind of, that fill a lot of space on their own. Because because I play by myself a lot, I like to, um, I like to fill a lot of space. I've been actually experimenting a lot with, um, I, I got a seven string pretty recently and I've been playing that a lot um, and trying to kind of wrap my head around adding that low B to the mix. Um, and like, um, I first got it and, you know, the first instinct is to like, to chug. And um, I got that out of my system, I think pretty quickly. And um, I've been really trying to kind of incorporate these, this lower string into like just bigger voicings um, across the board and just trying to uh, fill more space by myself. Um, and so that, that's kind of, that's kind of my vibe, I think overall. Um. Vince, did yeah. you, so if you didn't know this, Vince is, uh, for, I don't know how many years you were touring. I would consider you a pretty actively touring musician. You were in a van driving around the country playing oh, yeah. emo shows for sure. Um, oh, yeah. did you ever play Tulsa? Um, I don't think so. A lot of our trips, we had friends in, um, like Nebraska, Nebraska and Minnesota. So like any of our East coast trips would almost instantly go up into, um, that region. And then circling back home, it was always from the Southern States, like, mm. uh, Louisiana. And so Mississippi. you basically circled Tulsa. Yeah. We, we <laughs> ended you. up not hitting a lot of like kind of the middle Midwest, like, uh, Arkansas, Missouri, uh, Kansas, like all, all of that like area we missed and Oklahoma was included. Like we would just circle that whole <laughs> section oh, of the yeah. country. I gotcha. <sighs> um, well, if you didn't know, Jamie, Vince was also, he was a drummer at the time. His gateway oh, cool. drug to this, his dr gateway drug to this world was a fuzz pedal. Um, but yeah, so I was just curious, like, Oh, you ever play Tulsa? Um, so like, so if you're into like textural stuff, you said you're playing a strat mm -hmm. now, is that, is that right? If parts caster is kind of your number one. Yeah. Parts caster feels a little disrespectful. It's a really good guitar. Oh, okay. Um, but, but <laughs> it is, it is a parts caster at the end of the day. Okay. So, um, it's, I mean, Tom Morelli's guitar is a parts caster, but it's not, it's, it's elevated, right? Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and mine's nothing, you know, I don't think I've done anything with it or to, to make it deserve a better, but I, I love the guitar and there's a lot going on. So I um, actually have it right next to me. Let's grab it. Let's talk the about The audience it. won't right. be able to see it, I guess. No, no, but we'll, we'll do our best to describe it. And if you could send us a, a photo of it, Jamie. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Oh, yes. Oh, you're getting it out, yes. We have a live unboxing, uh, pretty like a pretty road-worn case. It looks sturdy. You could fly with that case. Yes. Oh. TSA case. So this this is it. Um, and so we'll just what we're looking at real quick. Oh, mm -hmm. reverse headstock, a very right, yeah. a black a blackish. I would say a black strat worn. Did you do that wear on there? So is that I, all you? 
it's not all me. Uh, well, it is all me, but um, in, a, in a different way. So I, I got this guitar. Um, it, yeah, it came in used to Guitar Center. I sold it to a local. Um, and they came back and they were like, hey, you messed up. Like, you shouldn't have sold us this guitar. This is a custom shop guitar. Like, haha, like we won or whatever. And sure. uh, I was like, okay, you know, cool, good. Glad, glad you got yeah. it. Like, it's not my doesn't not affect my, money, my bottom line, but a, whatever. Yeah. Glad you got a good deal. And then they come back, like, um, you know, Guitar Center has the 45 day return policy or whatever. They come back in like a couple weeks and they're like, yeah, we want to return this. And so they return it. And I try, I kind of dig into it a little bit. I'm like, what is this thing? Because I don't think it's a custom shop guitar. Um, actually, it has, it says made in Japan right here. So not a custom shop guitar. Um, and so I start digging into it a little bit and the body is really interesting. It's not a fender body from what I can tell. I think it was done by a company called MJT, um, which check out, shout out MJT guitars. You should definitely check them out. Um, they are out of Carthage, Missouri and they do, they started out as a refinishing business and now they do their own guitars, their own bodies. You can buy bodies from them on like their eBay site, uh, MJT, and you can get like the coolest bodies uh, for a really good price. And it'll be like in shell pink, road worn, nitro, in some thin line telly body or whatever. And it's like 350 bucks. Like it's super good. Um, but I think this is an MJT body. I'm pretty sure. Because uh, it's nitro did they finished. Do like, did they do like relicking is it like back in the they day? Do. Or... I think they did okay, do okay. Yeah, they, That name sounds familiar. Their main thing was always like refinishing vintage guitars um i see network struggling here is that okay i think we're good Uh, so when i got this guitar i it had already had a little bit of wear to it and i decided that like i wanted to play it until i broke through the finish and so i broke through the finish over here like at this spot right here by playing it a lot and then i decided okay i'm gonna relic this because i want to try it um and it's this isn't anything sacred it's a parts guitar um and so I, I did that and so i've i did the rest of the relicking on it myself um i think it turned out pretty well i really like it it looks great um, and so what this thing is from it's a it's a 62 or 63 i can't remember what year they do it's a it's a well it'd be 62 i think it's a slab board left-handed st63 neck so japanese reissue neck um but left-handed and on these they do like the headstock it just says Fender. It doesn't say anything else. It doesn't say contour body or any patent numbers or anything. It just says Fender. And I always really liked that it just says Fender. And so <laughs> that's the neck. And um, yeah, it's, I think pretty sure this is an MJT body. I've had some of their other bodies in the past. This seems like their work. The pickups are Custom Shop 69. They're Abigail bars. They're AYs. They're not Abbeys, if you're familiar with them. Um, the difference You're, um, do, we're we're not uh, uh we're not in a we're not the guitar pickup fan club so we're not exactly sure what you're talking about so breaking sure. us up to speed yeah abigail ibarra she um she hand wound a lot of the pickups back in the day okay um and she recently retired well it's been a couple years now she recently retired and she um she trained like josefina so you can get like the josefinas now which is her protege and there's two the custom shop 69 was kind of like um abigail's baby um so she she did a lot of these and there's two different main ones you can get the on the bottom of them you can look at them and they'll say a y on them and initials and those are from a line that she like that she oversaw but she didn't hand wind them herself and then they'll 
you'll find ones that are like gold signed with like a gold sharpie that say Abby written out, and she, those she hand wound herself. And there's there's the there's they're super cool, and uh, they're really good guitars or they're really good pickups. Um, I like these. I've compared these to some guitars that have actual Abbeys in them, and to guitars that have other AYs in them. And I, I really love this pickup set. It's uh, insanely good. So I like these a lot. And then I have this Olympic. This is an Olympic Boost uh, preamp that I installed. It That's just what the electronics right looked wild on there. What is that? Yeah, it, it's an Olympic uh, Strata Blaster is what it's called. Um, and they'll do them with this black plate on them. And it's just, it's just, there's a trim pot that you can get to through this little hole. And then it's just a switch and on off switch. So when it's off, it's totally passive. Um, and then when you, when you turn it on, you've got like an active preamp, but not active pickups, um, which I think is a, a cool Ooh. distinction. Could I ask you a quick um, question about that? Sure. The Olympic, that's the same that was like in the, like Doug Irwin, Jerry Garcia guitars, right? Like, right. Yeah. Actually the, the, the same Gator. Um, the, yeah, the, yeah. The Gator. The Gator. Or the Wolf one. and Gator. Or Gator. Okay. The Gator has one of these in it. Like, so I, the so I, the club knows this. You don't know this, but big John Mayer fan right here. Um, he's, he's on dead and company this last year. He's been playing with that what looks like that same preamp. Is that roughly, you think the same thing going on in his silver sky? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I like John, but I'm not a follower. So, um, okay. I couldn't tell you if he's going for, I'm sure he's going for a Jerry thing. And, uh, yeah. he used one. I clapped and used <laughs> one for a small second too. Oh, okay. Before he started doing the MDX tone circuit from, um, from, from, from Fender, which is, I think fairly similar, but it's, it's different. So I, I have there, that. I found this in a box, and I just like I was like I'm gonna drop this into my Strat, see how it does, <laughs> um, and I, I've loved it. I've left it there ever since. It's really awesome. Do you play uh, mostly on with it on or off, or is it like really something that you'll switch on and off based on? What it you really need? is something I'll switch on. It does a good job of like quote unquote humbuckerizing the guitar um, in a good way. And I, I think one of the other things I really like about the preamp is that like when you turn it on you can roll your volume back and you don't lose any like treble clarity um, oh, at all. That's cool. It, it's, a, it's a really cool thing of like being able to play quietly, but like retaining tone. Um, so I, I like it a lot. I, I play with it a lot with it and a lot without it. Does it, um, does it require power? Oh no, hold on a second. Oh, okay. Can, is there, is it, does it require power that or no? It does. Yeah. It's a nine volt. Um, oh, okay. Okay. It, Luckily, it lasts forever. Um, I did not want to route my guitar, so I just put the nine volt. It's it sits underneath the tone pots, um, and I, I do the Eric Johnson vibe on my tone pots. So my middle pickup doesn't. There's my my neck tone goes to neck, and then the other tone pot goes just to my bridge. My middle pickup does not have a tone pot attached to it, mm. um, and so it kind of sits underneath there, um, just chilling and you know, usually like every couple times I'll change my strings. I'll just take the guard off and put a new battery in there. Um, but I've, I've actually never had it die on me. The battery seems to last for forever. Is, this is like a no pressure question, but is it possible to like, like just hear the guitar next to the mic just to hear like how like airy it is or anything? Like just strum a couple chords if possible? Sure, yeah. It's just like I'm a... just curious what it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty I bright. Also... It's pretty bright, yeah. I do yeah, five strings. I don't use my um, I don't use my vibrato system on this. So I put five springs on this thing, 
um, and it's pretty pretty well decked to to the body. Um, and I always there's something about like the five springs I think that really does a little bit of something to the resonance of the instrument. Mm-hmm. I could be crazy. I, that's how. I that's how. Crazy, no, but. no. You, no, it, it all matters, and uh, that's how I have mine. Is mine's just tensioned down with five springs, five springs. So that's that's like my um. Sorry about the, the rolling. The chair rolling is probably annoying. Um, <laughs> that's like my main guitar. I've had it for forever. Um, I have been playing it a little bit less lately because um, I recently got. It's actually almost a year ago. It was in, at the Arlington Guitar Show, um, aka Guitarlington, in twenty twenty two. I bought a um a Telecaster Offset Karina. Um, and you've probably seen the Telecaster Offsets. It's like a Jazzmaster body, Tele neck, and Tele control style. And this one is the Karina version. They did like like 200-ish of these. I don't know the exact number. They're Japanese-made. And it's an all-Karina exactly what body you're talking about. With the they P90 pickups in it. Yeah. yeah they um, are rad. It's got a big old chunky U-shaped neck on it, um, and I love um, a, a bigger neck. I think it's because because of the cello thing. I'm used to planting my thumb behind the neck, um, and and kind of like having a little space to breathe there. So I, I like a bigger neck. Um, the, the neck on that Strat's fairly chunky too, given it's a 62 reissue. Um, and so I've always gravitated towards big, bigger necks. And so that's kind of, I think that's, that's really been the guitar that I play the most. It's the one that's at home right now. Yeah. This one's here. So if that tells you anything. Yep. Um, so I, I love that guitar to death. Both of them. Yeah. I, I regret not getting one of those. They had one at our local shop down fl- at Flipside for a while. And I kept looking at it playing and I'm like, ah, oh, this is, you know, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it. You know, I walked in there confident, like I was going to spend the 12 grand and I didn't walk away with it. So, um, <laughs> You know, uh, so what kind of amp are you playing into before we get into your board? Like, what's this whole rig going into? What's your sure? What's your tone? Yes, I have um, I have a couple amps. I have more amps than I have guitars. Um, I have so this one's my newest one behind me. Oh, I was wondering what that was. Yeah. Yeah. This thing's cool. Um, there's the the chair roll again. So uh, <laughs> if you're local to Tulsa, you'll you a lot of the local players will know Rick Potter. Uh, he was a local um kind of amp wizard um he's a legend around here for amps um he he passed away a while back and uh he he made a lot of amps that local players like really really seek out and from what i understand this was a this is a train wreck copy it's a train wreck rocket copy that he and his friend built um as as a kind of a project he branded a lot of them and he sold them we've had um Drew in his office has like a 65 Deluxe reissue. We've had a couple of Tweed Deluxes that he's done, Tweed Basement that he's done. They're all incredible um, copies. And um, this thing came in recently and it's just one of those things where, you know, it's it doesn't have a brand name on it. To the right person, it's something. And if you play it, it's something. Um, for sure, it sounds incredible. But um, so I, I picked this up. Um, Recently, I've wanted one of his amps for a while. Um, this thing does a very cool, like, AC30, but with more low-end kind of vibe to it. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. More filled Rick out Potter. Rick Potter, he's great. If you're local to Tulsa and you ever see one of his amps pop up in this area, you should definitely grab it. They are really good. Um, so, but that's that's pretty cool. I, I live in, uh, like, a townhouse apartment. So, I don't have, like, it's not super small, but it's, like, I can't really crank amps in there. So, yeah. Um, 
I have my two main amps that I have. Are, I'm a big fan of Swart. Are you familiar with Swart? S-W-A-R-T. I have a. I have two Swarts. I have the Atomic Space Tone, the OG one, um, mm-hmm. and then I have the S. Is just the one, the small, the five watt uh, with just tremolo on it. And okay, no, actually, no, just reverb on it. Sorry, no trem. So those are those are both the smaller, like single twelve, almost blues junior yep. kind of style amps. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, I like those. I really like those. I um, have a couple of his amps um, that I've got. So my main one that I don't get to play as much because it's a little bit on the louder side is I have a, I have a super space tone, uh, super space tone 30, which, uh, Oh, nice. Is a really great amp. Um, I, I am a big fan of six V sixes. I love Princeton's and deluxes. Like those are my favorite amps when it comes to the vintage world. And we're going to start um, a club right now. And it's the six V six club. And we're all part yeah. of it. Cause we all we're peas in a pod right here. We're six V sixes. Six V sixes are the truth for sure. They're um, the truth. <laughs> It's it's true. Um, so I I really like that. Anything with that power tube, I tend to I tend to like things. Well, I won't say I tend to gravitate to anything with that power tube, but um, I, I tend to prefer those amps with those power tubes more. Yeah, I like the breakup of them. They're really nice. Um, they're really sparkly and clean, and they the edge of breakup sound is fantastic. So big fan of those. And my so my Super Space Tone Thirty has four four six V sixes. So you get thirty watts, but um, still have that six V six tone. Um, I have the head and cab, um, so two twelve cab with uh, two green backs. There's D twelve M's in the cab. Big fan of those speakers, and that's kind of my main amp. I love it to death. Uh, it's a little bit loud for my apartment, so it usually stays in the off position. But my other amp that I usually play through on a daily basis is uh, I have a stereo space tone as well, um, which is like a it's two two five watt amps in one chassis, um, six v six, and so one of the channels has a tremolo on it, and the other one doesn't, and then it feeds down to two. I think they're cream bags. I cannot remember what's in there, but they shoot diagonally out of the sides of the corners of the cab, and uh, it fills an insane amount. If you if you go in mono, then it just doubles the signal down to the other amp, or you can go into pro- for proper stereo, and it's actually two amplifiers in one cab. Um, and so that's my main amp. I play that every day. I love it. It's insane how much space it fills. Um, big fan of stereo. So that's, that's kind of my go-to amp. Can we just spend a few minutes talking about that amp? Cause that amp has been on my radar for like five years now and I have yet to pull the trigger on it and I've never spoke to anybody that's played it. And I think that might be the greatest amp of all time. I have the opportunity to play a lot of amplifiers here. Uh, a lot of really good amps. You know, I've played two rocks. I've played vintage Princeton's. I've played vintage deluxes, and you know, you you name it. I've played a lot of amplifiers, um, and the the Swarts are. I'm a little no offense. I'm a little underwhelmed by some of the ASTs and the smaller amps that they have, but um, the some of their like nicer amps I think are just like genuinely incredible. Uh, so the, the stereo space tone, when we got it, the first time I heard it, it was just like an instant, you know, when you know, you know, kind of thing. And I had to, I had to get it. Um, I love, love that amplifier. Uh, so just real quick, can you, so my, my whole thing is like, I kind of do like a wet dry thing. Like Vince and I are like big on, on that, right. We kind of run, you know, gain staging then split the signal and then go into two amps. And right now I'm going into a Princeton and a Swart. I'm just wondering, from your perspective, knowing that you've got the 
the the stereo. Uh-huh. How would that play? You think it's good? You think it would like work? Like for a wet the drive? Reverb is, the reverb is global on it. Um, so if you're if you're wanting to do wet dry, then you'd need to get the reverb externally. Um, and I think oh the no, reverb... I'm fine with reverb on both channels. Okay, yeah, then it, yeah, yeah. You'd, I'm you'd, you'd really like it. <laughs> you'd, you'd really like the yeah. oh, the... um, <laughs> it's it's really okay. fantastic. Uh, the and the reverb is incredible. I mean, it's just insane. Both of the reverbs on, on both of those amps, like something about the Swire. I don't know what it is that he's got going on, but his uh, reverb circuits are intense. They're really good. Um. So I'm a big fan of those. And then the tremolo on the one side, it just, it's really, you have to push the volume a little bit on the tremolo. Um, it's not a channel, the tremolo amp. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Because you, you get a little bit of the volume off. So you push that on a little bit harder. I think other than that, the amps are identical. Um, and it's it's really crazy. Yeah, it's really good. Especially with the way the speakers shoot diagonally. Uh, like an old GI-75, like 340, ES-345 kind of style amp. Um, they, they they're It's really good. I the other stereo amp that I really adore is um, is the Magnatone Stereo Twilighter. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. it's also incredible. But I and I think the reason the reason I like it a lot is for the the vibrato. Like if I'm a big vibrato um, geek, yeah. um, and if you um, if if like if the stereo swart had vibrato in it, um, it would it would literally be the ultimate amp. I think. Um, so this, the stereo twilighter having the actual vibrato in it is it can get so spacey um, that it, it's it's really really good, but I think the the stereo swart in my opinion still wins one because of the head cab setup so you could run to two cabs if you wanted to, um, or the, also the way that the speakers shoot it's really special and um, the reverb the reverb is insane how good it is tremolo circuit too the tremolo circuit is very I guess I'll call it optical. I don't know if it's actually an optical circuit, but it sounds very optical. Like it sounds like what you'd expect out of a blackface fender, like a deluxe or something. Like it's it's very much like that, but very lush, very deep. Um, it's got a good it's got a good wave to it. You should this buy is... one. Well, so Vince and I just had like a like last month. Addison, um, he was in your shop when we were there um, from the JHS show. Like he used uh-huh. to be on the JHS show. And his whole like philosophy, he left the show with sell the good for the great. So I'm going to basically have to put my two space tones on the market, maybe today, and get those <laughs> out the door and pick up the stereo swart. That's what, and it, you're just to be clear, yours is the five watt, right? The five watt, yeah. Well, I guess it's 10 yep. watt, but it's two, it's two five watts. Yeah, that's, um, that's the one. Uh, it's really good. So, um, you should definitely do that. The the smaller swart boxes are good amps. Uh, the stereo amp is legitimately great. So yeah, you should you should definitely okay. do that. Cool. And then do you are you a swart dealer? No, no. Both of those amps oh, come so in, I, have I, come I, in used. You cannot uh, buy one from me, unfortunately, um, unless I happen to find another used one. We got them in different collections. I got the stereo space tone a couple of years ago. It's I have serial number twelve for uh, not for the stereo space tone for the uh, for the super space tone. It's serial number twelve yep. for the super space tone. And then the um, the stereo space tone came in earlier this year. I've had it for about six months now, and I I, I play it every day. It's um, very very good. I have a hard time plugging into anything else. If the stereo, if the thirty watt super space tone were stereo, um, that would be nuts. It would be really really fun. But that's an amp I usually I usually take that amp if I'm going to go jam with friends. Um, 
or you know play with other people i'll usually take the, the super space tone but at home uh, I, I play the stereo well go ahead and put me on that list for um people you notified the one, one. The, you and you get one yeah uh, vince you want on that list uh yeah throw me on <laughs> <laughs> nice why not why not? Traditionally, um, traditionally, okay. if a black lacquered Swart comes in the door, I buy it. Um, but yeah, if, if we double if we double up on one, then I'll I'll let you know for sure. Uh, well, I'm, I'll send you uh, I'll send you photos of my Swarts and just see uh, you know if we like send them your way, work a deal, whatever it is. But they're definitely going out the door, and I'm going to pick up the stereo now that I've talked to a stereo player. Um, all right, yeah, we've yeah. gone this far. We got to get into our pedals because we're looking at your board right now. Um, yeah. Give us a tour of your board. Walk us through like you know the pedals that you got in there and why you kind of chose them. And Vince and I have a couple questions, but we'll get to sure. them in a second. So the board, the chain actually starts at the Big Muff. Um, I, I run into, and it's a Black Russian Big Muff. Um, I, I run into that first. There's, I have some contention on the Big Muff. I'll talk about it in a second. Um, I run into that first, and then the Wah. I've always been a fan of uh, Big Muff and then Wah. I don't know. I've tried Wah and then Big Muff, and I just like... I like to filter the fuzz instead of fuzz the filter. Um, so I, I do it that way. And then it goes into my uh, electronic, electronic audio experiments, Limelight. This is the V1. It's the second release of the V1. I think the first one is tan or gray or something like that. And then they did these pink ones. Um, you can tell from my board, I like pink. Um, and then now they do a production model run. I think the pink ones, I did like a 300 unit run and now they have a production model one. It looks a little bit different. It's more of like a, it's less horizontal and more square. Um, I really like this limelight. Uh, so I guess the, the big muff, um, I'll finish the chain first. And then I go into this volume pedal. This is just an Ernie Vol volume pedal. It's not even a VP junior. It's just a VP. Um, I, this I think will become a, um, volume x8 from dunlop um but right now it's it's fine for volume battle and then i go into the uh, wazacraft vb2 vibrato and then i go into uh the ama the ama is by why can't i remember um i'll google it while i keep talking and then no, no, you i keep talking i'll google it. <laughs> okay. it is it what is it is it how do you spell uh, it a m a a m a yeah it's an Italian company. Okay. Um, that was the one we had a question about because we hadn't seen that one yet. It's very cool. AC it's, Noises, the AMA VP. AC Noises, yeah, AC Noises. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a bit crush reverb. Um, it's really cool. Um, it has, I have a, I have a couple complaints about it, but it's cool enough that it stays on. And then I go into uh, this is a Caroline Kilobyte. I've had this Kilobyte forever. I traded it to a friend. I got it back. I really like this Kilobyte. Um, big fan of the kilobyte over the megabyte. Um, and then I go into the JHS, uh, lucky cat, which is the pink one. <laughs> yeah. Oh so yeah. No, you're well, the, the color, the, the aesthetic of it is amazing. Like your, your board, this looks cool. Um, Thank you. but that's a lot of texture and you did mention that you, so let's like maybe walk us through just what the intent is. Uh, you know, you have three, what, three delays on there or no, you have a reverb, two, two a vibrato delays. and two delays. Yeah, uh, maybe talk us, you know, tell us why the kilobyte stands out to you mm -hmm. and maybe why this AMA is some complaints, but why it's on the board. Sure, yeah. So the kilobyte, um, the reason I run two delays, they, they accomplish different things. They're both digital delays. The kilobyte is a digital delay, but it, the kilobyte definitely fills um, an analog delay role on the board. Um, it's very textural. 
it's from what I understand, and I don't know if this is 100% correct, but from what I remember, they're using like it's a delay chip out of or some sort of chip out of like an old toy or something. Like, I don't know if that's right, but that's what I have in my head. Um, and it's it's a lo-fi, it's a lo-fi delay. And um, it has, and the reason I like it is it does a good job. It does that carbon copy thing of like, it fills space. Um, it's not really great for doing like U2, Edge, like I play one note and then the delay plays the rest of the song kind of thing. Um, <laughs> no, no, no hate to the Edge. That has, actually has, the dotted eight thing is really hard to do. I'm totally memeing. Um, sure, but yeah, that's great. That's, that's funny though. Um, and so... <laughs> The, kilo, the kilobyte does a really good job of, of being a texture behind. It stays out of the way. It's one of those things where you, you notice it. You don't really notice it when it's on, but you notice when it's off. Um, if You know, if I turn it off, that kind of thing. I keep it really low in the mix. This pedal does a really cool thing where it has a gain knob on it. And the gain is just for the, de the delays. So you can actually like kind of overdrive the repeats. Um, and I don't do... I don't go crazy with the overdrive. I think in the picture, actually, it's set higher than I normally set it. It's the top right knob. Um, oh, okay. And so this this is kind of a really cool, in the background, subtle repeat, almost doing a reverb kind of thing um, with a good amount of texture from from driving the chip. Um, and I really like the, it has one of those like hold features where it'll, it'll self-oscillate. And um, that can be cool too. Um, so that that's it. But usually this pedal is this pedal's on a lot actually, um, and just kind of doing that that textural thing. So that's it. And then the Lucky Cat is um, it's a it's a proper digital delay. I mean, you can kind of do a lot with it. It has the voicings for tape or digital, I think. It has the darken knob. I really like the darken knob on it. Um, and it has it's got good modulation to it. Um, I. Typically, I think I have the modulation off on the thing even. Um, this is kind of my delay. This pedal actually does not get turned on a ton, um, but I really like it. And this is the this is the rhythmic delay if I'm doing something where I really want to to play in time with a delay and have the tap tempo there to do to do that kind of rhythmic delay thing. That's what the Lucky Cat does. So it, it definitely does something very different than the Kilobyte. Um, Vince, we. Vince is a, also like a huge Big Muff fan. Like that, he lives in a like a Big Muff world. Um, Vince, what Big Muff are you using right now? So, I had the was it the J Mascus, um, the signature one, right? Signature the one. Rat's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just swapped that out because uh, Wonder Effects released that. Uh, dual pedal, which is the Wonder Drive on one side, and then his version of a Big Muff on the other. Have you okay, seen that? That's really cool. It and it's called the Wonder Wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, that's right. I forgot you swapped it out. So you, yeah. But the funny thing about it is, is like somebody asked, like, does this a tribute to Oasis? And he's like, nope. <laughs> it's great. He, maybe not an Oasis fan. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Unheard of. But. So, unheard of no uh, not controversial not con not controversial at all um what about so like you said you had some things with big muffs like you've obviously that's where you started this is where you're mm -hmm. at now like t like give us a quick you know uh big muff 101 or 201 you know like what's what's the what's your what's your thing what's what's your insight into them i don't know if i'm the girl to do the big muff 101 
thing. Like there's a lot to big muffs um, for yeah. sure that I don't know about, but uh, in my personal experience, I've always really liked them. I started out, like I said, with the uh, the New York pie, just a regular, I think yeah. that's what you'd call it. It's just a regular big silver the box silver pie. one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, had that for forever. Really liked it. Um, and then I moved to, this is when I was trying out pedals a lot. My board doesn't change very much anymore. Um, and I'll talk about my newest pedal in a little bit that's not on my board, um, but um, that I, I adore. Uh, but my Big Muff, um, I had the had the pie for a while. And then I moved to the Tone Wicker, um, which is like the white and green one. And it has... It has a wicker option, which kind of like takes the blanket off, so to speak. It like brightens it up hmm. a lot. And you can also take the tone stack out of the circuit. Uh, but other than that, it's supposed to be uh, like a Big Muff Pie. Um, I never really got that out of it. Like I know it's supposed to be the same circuit. Mike Matthews says it is. He definitely knows. But for some reason to me, it never it never did the same thing that the Big Muff Pie did. Um and I always, I just kind of felt like I got two more switches that I didn't want. Um, the box was a little bit smaller. I think that's one of the main reasons I moved to the Chon Wicker. And then I tried the Nano and I hated it. Uh, I don't know what it is about a Big Muff Nano. I don't think it sounds good. It's probably my mind, but I don't like it. Um, so then I got a Black Russian Big Muff and I played that for forever. Um, not forever. I played it for a while. Um, and I really liked it. had it for a year or two and I let it go. I sold it. Um, I had a thing where I was like, not going to do pedals anymore. You know, I'm going straight into the amp. I'm doing that. Um, so I sold a lot of my pedals and then I realized that like, that was dumb. So I started buying pedals again. <laughs> I mean, the smart um, stereo will do that to you. It sounds like it almost might fool you that that's all you need, but we, we, you got to come back to pedals. It feels like, yeah, you got to have a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so that's that's it. And then I, so I, I I started buying pedals again, and I bought um, I didn't have a big muff on the board for a little while, but I wasn't really using the board. I was like kind of like build, rebuilding a board. Um, yeah. And then I bought when they came out. I bought the um, it's actually up here on this little shelf. I bought this little. We're in a constant state. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. This is the triangle the triangle reissue. Um, the small box one. I love this pedal. I really, really like this pedal. Um, and I might put it back on my board. It's a lot smaller. It's good. This Big Muff, the Black Russian Big Muff that's on my board now came in the shop not that long ago. I remembered my old one fondly and I bought it. Uh, it fit the color scheme on my board well. I had fond memories of it and nostalgia. Um, I've got a couple pedals that have yellow on them. I have a couple pedals that are gray and black. And so I was like, this will look great on my board. I miss it, so I bought it, and I like it. I like it, but I don't love it. Um, it's very, in my experience, it's a lot less, I call this pedal ratty. Like, it's it's kind of like a, you know how the rat is kind of like, it's kind of a fuzz, it's kind of a distortion. Like, it's kind of like yeah, chose yeah. the line a little bit. Um, and the big, the big Muff, the Black Russian Big Muff does the same for me, I think. Like, it's like a little bit more distortion than a lot of the Big Muffs are. Um, and like the triangle muff is like so heavy and it's like low end intensive and heavy. Um, I really, really like it. And the black Russian big muff is, can be the tone knob on it is very, there's a lot going on in the tone knob. Uh, but this thing can get really bright if you want it to, and almost kind of crunchy. Um, 
Oh, I missed a step. I missed a step. When I didn't have the big muff on the board, I had a swollen pickle. Uh, oh, okay. From yeah, huge, yeah. Which, which is yeah. Um, and that pedal's cool. That pedal's really cool. Um, and so um, I'm a little bit, I'm a little iffy on the black Russian muff. I'm trying to work with it um, because I really like. I think that there's some really cool shoegazy stuff in here with this like a little bit brighter big muff that I want to explore a little bit, especially with the seven string that I've got recently. Um, but this, the, the triangle might go back. The triangle might go back. I haven't decided. I like them both. Just from like, just looking at it, I just love the way that the big, the Russian balances the kilobyte just aesthetically. Um, yeah. But, you know, I get I get where you're going, but the one thing I did want to ask is like you're running your gain like really low on that. Is that how you normally have it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have the gain pretty oh. low on it, um, and um, I don't know. I, I kind of like it that way. It does a when you turn it on, it kind of it does a lot just from being on without, and you can get the gain really high on it, and you can. Um, it gets feedbacky and squeals. It does like a lot of cool stuff, but like I really like the gain lower on that oh. or the sustain uh, a little bit lower on cool. that pedal and actually this is this is my settings on this too uh, oh, i usually run my lows, sustain lows pretty low yeah vince where do you run yours at you run that's a good, that, don't that's you? a good question i don't know it's funny i don't know if i've ever tried messing with the uh sustain knob too much uh but i <laughs> when i first got the the ram's head big muff i was like well how does jay mascus run it and it's like uh, volume, volume dimed, sustain dimed, <laughs> and tone to taste. Uh, and so I pretty much run my sustain knob dimed 100% of the time yeah. on that pedal specifically. Okay. But um, honestly, I, did, I don't try messing with it uh, a ton because I ended up like, when I tested that sound, I ended up just loving it. And I, I don't think I've touched that pedal since like the first few days i got it like i found a i found a sound and haven't experimented at all with it nice so it's good I enough for it. j masses right it's good enough for the rest of yeah. them <laughs> you, right. you should try turning the sustain down i think it's really cool i like having sustain high for like really searing stuff it's great for like the gilmore type like mm -hmm. big bins above the 12th and like these searing lead kind of things um for i use my big muff a little bit more for like slower rhythms or like shoegazier stuff where it's like a little bit it's kind of textural and i, I really like the sustain lower for that it keeps a little bit more um it, it does the it keeps a little bit more um what am i trying to say contrast not contrast but uh clarity between notes things like that mm. um especially if you're dowsing it with a bunch of reverb and delay afterwards so um but it still kind of does a lot of that kind of like hair around the edges and has the EQ of the big muff and all this stuff. I really like the, you know, the stoner V kind of thing. It's a really cool thing. I really like, I like lows. I like highs. I like a little bit of scoop in my mids. Um, and I like amps that do that too. I like my, my tone aesthetic for a clean amp is like, I want my guitar to sound like it's playing through like a hi-fi stereo with, um, with a lot of reverb. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Um, so, you so we got to I know I want to be super conscious of your time but you just held up you held up the other pedal that wasn't mm -hmm. the one you were referring to you said you have another pedal was it the big the big muff that's going to go on your board you said there's one that's not on your board that's a new pedal that you're stoked about right now 
Uh, I'm very stoked on this pedal is not on my board. I don't know if it's going to make it onto my board because I have, it's the chase bliss mood Mark two. Uh, oh. and, uh, they came out with that like 10th anniversary, like birthday cake colorway. Uh, that's like all the different colors and the pink knobs and the confetti colors and stuff like that. And I had already been looking at a mood, um, for just that, like, it seems so cool, such a good ambient pedal. Um, and then they dropped that colorway with the pink knobs and all the pretty colors. And I was just like, okay, okay, I guess I'm buying one. So I bought one um, and it's really good. It's really insane. They can do a mono in stereo out. And so um, my rig lately, my pedal board has not been getting a ton of views lately because I've mostly been running my guitar into the mood, stereo out into my stereo swart. And that's just like, that's just what I've been playing. Like it's the mood is my pedal board almost in a way when I'm playing at home. And, um, but I don't know if I can put it on a board because like, it's almost, you almost play it. Like you, you need to be able to tweak the knobs on it. you know, it's got that. It's got. It's a micro looper on one side, and then a delay slash reverb on the other side. And so, in this looper, like you, you grab a, a random section of your sound, and then you kind of tweak it. You slow it down, reverse it, uh, set the length, and then you can like pass it over to this reverb side, wash it out, pass it back, mess with the clock noise, and slow it down. If you slow it down a bunch, it brings in a bunch of like art- artifacting and like really cool textures that work really cool with a lot of the other stuff I like. And so it's very much like a you're tweaking this knobs, these knobs while you play. It's not a set it and a forget it by any means. Like it's very instrumental. Um, yeah. In the way you're kind of using this pedal as an instrument in a way. And so I can't see putting it on the board because I would just be kneeling down the whole time. Um, yeah, yeah. Or something. So it's kind of been like my I'm having fun at home making a soundscape kind of vibe um i really like it so that's that's my newest pedal i'm incredibly stoked on it i think it's crazy good um but i have not have not put it on a board i don't think it'll go on the board if i i was going to take the ama off and put the mood on there and then i the more i play with the mood i'm more i'm just like i don't think this belongs on a board like i think this like has to be up near me (laughs) so i can do it can you like is there enough expression jacks in there that you could use foot control for it or is that not the way it's built like there's too much that you need to control with your hands it has an expression input on it and i know it has midi control too that you can do like you could have it on the board and you can control up here with like midi stuff i just don't like doing that it's just not my vibe yeah i got you Um, so i i wouldn't i wouldn't mess with any of that i don't think um i've tried to do cv inputs like i have a electron dig attack that i've tried to like yeah you know i'm controlling other stuff with it and it's just like snore i just i'm not it's not very fun to me so Uh, so i don't listen very much awesome well before we get into our two well three closing things but the two closing things of a space on my board and um desert island rig um i do have to ask because of the cello thing do you ever Mm -hmm. bow your guitar with a with a bow like jimmy page i have not done that um i think because it's so they're they're you know cellos are flat wounds guitars are round wounds uh, i know jimmy page has done it or whatever but like it destroys bows i'm pretty sure to like uh it does to do that and um i'm sure it'd be fun but i don't feel like just destroying a bow and getting it rehaired and doing that again or, and i know they make little gadgets like i've seen little gadgets where it's like yeah, you can bow the, the single string and stuff ebos are cool stuff like that but ebos like, are cool i don't know just like turn the big muff on and 
let it feed back a little bit and then you have an ebo right there so like um you can you can just use that that's your ebo if you need it um so i don't know i've I've never messed with a bow just a hot spotlight on you though just like with you know that gesture as he slams the guitar and then holds it up for the crowd to cheer just doesn't feel the same with the little one you got to do the full-size bow for that Um, but you're right they do they do tear up bows, and um, I don't think any of us have um, Madison Square Garden money sitting around just to redo our bows <laughs> all the time. So, and then I, I just have like um, rosin on my strings too, and like the, they'd be oh, all yeah, sticky after, true. and like I don't know, it doesn't doesn't seem appealing. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, I got you. Oh, so we are going to jump into our last segment here. Um, sure. Two segments. We always play Vince and I play this game all the time on every episode. Almost we. We got a space on a board. What are we going to put on it? So what are you looking at right now? What do you have your eye on that you're like, oh, that's the that's the pedal? Uh, there's two things that I want to do to my board. Um, I think I've, I've already mentioned one of them, but my volume pedal, I really want that to turn into a Dunlop Volume X 8, which is like the mid-sized one. It still has the tuner out, uh, like the big full-sized Volume X, but... Um, it's not, it's not the mini either. It's like right in between. Um, so I want that. I want, I want to get one of those. And then to coincide with that, you'll notice I don't have a tuner on my board. I really want to fix that. There's a little bit, of, there's a little space above my Waco, my WA, um, which is the best, the best WA other than an Ibanez Weeping Demon WD7. Um, don't at me on the Weeping Demon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the best WA I've ever played. It's really good. Um, so I think I want to boss makes that little like uh tuner that doesn't have the button on it like it just the tu2 like the yeah yep, the tu2 but it's one. just the screen is it yeah that's is what it i have also? um so i want that i want to put that right above my wall i've got a little space yep. set aside for it already and then i want to change that my volume pedal to the dunlop volume x8 and then get you know get those going to the tuner output um hooked up there that that's that's what i want to do it's, it's just utility stuff i'm really happy personally with the board um as far as like sounds coming out of it things like that um but i do want to upgrade the utilities a little bit get a tuner on the board um and then get the the volume x8 on there to replace that archaic giant um volume pedal senior i guess I- i'll call it well, I, I have the Archaic Grandpa Volume Pedal Senior as well, and I'm curious, <laughs> what do I need to know about this Dunlop? Why why should I be replacing it? Because like, it sounds like you're committed to it. What, what about the Dunlop? Is it the size or what else? The Dunlop's really cool. I also really like it. So it would either be the Dunlop or the 40th Anniversary Volume Pedal Junior, which is the black one. Um, and the black one has the Kevlar string um, versus this, like, your... Oh. I don't know if these yeah, are just, yeah. like, sho- shoelaces or what, but... Um, so it's, it's a better better string um, on the 40th anniversary. And then the Dunlop, the cool thing about it is that I really like the throw. You can adjust the um, the friction on it, um, but it's a it's band driven. So it's like a magnetic, it's kind of like a Morley, where the Morley is like the optical thing, the optical wall. Um, yeah, yeah. And this, so this is like, it's not optical, it's magnetic, I think. But um, instead of having a string actuating a, a potentiometer, it's actually like this magnetic strip that senses where you're at on the volume. So there's there's no like there's no potentiometer that you're running to for your for your volume. Because I mean, at the end of the day, like the volume pedal junior is just like a volume pot on a string. Yeah, right? exactly <laughs> but there's just nothing right. wrong with nothing wrong with that. But um, I think the Dunlop is like it's a pretty cool 
low oh. friction, a little bit less noise, supposedly. I've, I played a little bit with one, but not a ton of time with them. But I really like the I really like the feel of them. They're very smooth, and um, and I like the, that you can adjust the friction on it. Um, and the size seems really good. Like the the, the Volume X Eight seems like we just we just got them recently at the shop. And uh, they're, they're really good. I mean, it's just like a perfect size for me. I don't have huge feet, so I don't need a volume pedal senior. Um, it's just kind of what I had. You know, everybody has one of these lying around, I think. So it's on the board. I think I, I borrowed it from a friend. I probably should give it back. Um, so I, that's that's what I want to add to the board. Okay. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's yeah, I, I have the same volume pedal and I've been, I, mine's in a loops, like a switcher. So it feels like, it's out of the way all the time. So, oh yeah, um, that makes sense. you know, uh, it's not running through it all the time. Um, and then the, the last thing we play before we, uh, sign off here is desert Island rig. You're, you know, you're with Wilson on an Island. You've got one guitar, one amp and what pe- one pedal. What do you, what do you bring in? And you have unlimited power and there's really no decibel unlimited control. Unlimited power. Huh? Um, so I think my guitar, as much as I love my Stratocaster, and I will never sell it. Um, I think my guitar would have to be my um, my Telecaster Offset Carina. Um, I'm obsessed with that guitar. The past year, um, I find it hard to play anything else. So I would definitely that would be the guitar. Um, it's really good, very versatile. I really like it. So that'd be the guitar. Um, the amp would definitely be my Stereo Swart. Um, the the Space Town Thirty would be tempting for the extra power, but um, the stereo is just too cool not to take. And then if I, I'm only, I'm only, I can only take one pedal. Yeah. One pedal, right, one pedal. I guess it'd be the, I guess it'd be the mood. I mean, that's like, literally that's all I've been playing lately is like Telecaster offset <laughs> mood stereo swart. Um, you put the, you put the mood on the mono and stereo out section, uh, the miso, I think they call it. Um, and, uh, it's crazy. The sound, like the way that it, the way it, creates a stereo signal is really good and then the stereo swart the way it handles the stereo signal is really good um so i'd probably just do that that's kind of cheating a little bit right because i like the the mood is kind of two pedals in one and then i have a reverb and tremolo on the amp so um that's kind of sneaking in four effects in a way but not cheating at all because you could say i'm going to take a katana with all the effects in it so that's still a viable option for us katanas are cool i like them I think they'd take the swart. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, the, the thing that Vince and I love, most everybody we ask this question to already has the stuff they're taking on a desert island, yeah. right? There's nobody dreaming of like, oh, I'm going to go get Greeny from Kirk Hammett and take it. You know, it's everybody's been, like, I've got my favorite guitar. I've been so surprised at how many people have said like, oh, I have like my dream stuff already. I was like, oh my God, that must be so nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess it like, it's probably... I don't know. I want to say it'd be easier to kind of figure out what you like and what you don't when you get the opportunity to play through a lot more stuff. But I don't like, I say that from a perspective as like, I don't, if I was in that position, I don't know if that would help. I don't know if that would make it any better for me or if I would just constantly be dreaming about what I don't have (laughs) type of thing. It it does help. I mean, it really does. Um, When, when you're, because at a certain point, like you, you start to understand like what's unattainable, and um, and you start to understand like you're you you get a little desensitized to the gear, um, 
in a way when you're around mm. just like insane stuff all the time. And so you get a little desensitized to it. Um, and then you kind of are able to focus a little bit. And after a certain, like the appeal or the, uh, the novelty of playing this X thing, like it start, it wears off after a while as well. So like, and not to say I don't get excited. I get excited about stuff every day. Um, just today we bought like a duo jet Gretsch. It's like a 61 and it's like a transition era from what we can tell. Like it's like, it has the single cut, uh, hardware on it and control circuit, but, uh, it's a double cut, but it doesn't have like the new Bigsby and the mute switch and all the stuff that like double cut. Mm-hmm. duo jets should have and so like you know that came in today just like off the street guy guy brought it in he's had it since 82 sold it to us and it's like you know that's super exciting um because it's just like wow this is this is really cool like i've not seen this before like seeing something you've never seen before is always cool but I, like there comes a point where it's kind of just like you are able to focus a little bit on on what matters to you really and not what is just really really cool like because if you're just like oh this is this is really really cool but like i know i don't need this you know we can get a banging les paul that comes in and i just know at this point that just like i just don't like a les paul well that's not true i like les pauls but i i don't i don't need a les paul um and mm. so like i'll play it enjoy it at the shop you know sit down with it whatever but it's like that that thing of like man i'd really like to own this like it kind of it goes away after a while and you're you kind of learn like i i have what i want and you have pick of the litter for when the stuff comes in that you do really want you you can you can get it um and you know i used to own a lot more stuff than i do now you know i've got i've got three electric guitars i've got a bass and one bass i've got two acoustics um and I have more amps than I have guitars, I think. So um, there's 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 that that happens a little bit too, where it's it, it is desensitizing, and you can kind of hone in on on what it is you really want out of your gear and find the things that do that, and like kind of stop worrying about the rest. It's really easy to go like the next big thing, next big thing, next big thing, and then at a certain point, you realize like sometimes new and innovative stuff does come out, but a lot of the time, like the thing you want exists already. And if you can figure out what it is, track it down, then you're happy. You're happy with it. You know? Yeah. That's, that's a little long winded, but that's, that's yeah. all, all that to say that, you know, it, you get used to it, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I get you. I, I, I'm in the same boat. I like my number one guitar would be the one that I have on, on my desert Island. My amp though, I don't have, and it will be a swart stereo um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to it eventually um you'll have to let me know yeah, i think we i mean to you honor your time you have to let me know I, what you think about i it will absolutely know. i mean you're now officially on my gear text threads so if you're cool like getting <laughs> random pictures of gear um i will i will happily uh send you that and if you do if i get one from you i'll assume it's in the shop and it's for sale i'm just go ahead and join oh, yeah, for sure. credit card now <laughs> with you i <laughs> just let me know how to how to get it um, I'll keep it on file. I'll I know just we are on, it and on your you time. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but I, I do, I want to honor your time. I want to, first of all, you know, from Vince and I just thanks so much for coming on the show. It was awesome to meet you. And, you know, I really appreciate you coming on. And I had this whole plan to talk about like what the used pedal market is. Cause I think you have an interesting insight into it. I think that's beyond the scope of our time now, but maybe if you would want to come on later this year, we'd love to have you back. Cause I'd love sure. to hear what, you know, has come through the shop and what you think's going on. Cause you do have a very 
unique perspective on what's going on in the world that I think the fan club members would like to hear about. Um, uh, so yeah, we'll just leave that open ended. Um, do you have anything that you want to shout out, you know, just take a second, whether it's the guitar shop or your own music or, uh, you know, local charity, I have no idea what it is. Do you have anything that you want to let the fan club know about right now? Um, look like music for me, you know, I haven't recorded and released anything in, in quite some time. Um, so, so nothing on that front. Um, um, I've, I've got some cool, you know, I've, I've, I bought like a four track tape recorder recently. I bought a, a drum machine recently. I'm trying to kind of wrap my head around. And so I'm, I'm kind of working on maybe doing some cool things and, uh, recording my own, some of my own stuff, but, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing to shout out right now. It's been like two years since I've released any music. Um, sorry, my contact is bugging me a little bit here. Um, and then, yeah, shout out, shout out to Drew, you know, the, the store owner, he's the greatest. Um, if you, you know, need any advice on, what you should we do appraisals things like that like if you need any advice on what you should do with your old instrument or if you're looking to get rid of it like please let us know we don't rip people off we always try and pay um, a fair price for things or we can help you do an appraisal for insurance um, things like that like we love getting guitars like i said earlier we love getting guitars to people that are going to enjoy them and play them so if you, if you have an old guitar or if you have a, a family member's old guitar that you're not using and you want to see it if you want to get decent money for it and, and, and know that it's going to go somewhere to someone who's going to really enjoy it, like, you know, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, it, it's really what our passion is and, and what we love doing. So we'd love to chat with you on that. You know, shout out to Guitar House of Tulsa. You know, you can follow us on Instagram if you want. Guitar House of Tulsa is just our, our handle, nice and easy on Insta. Um, trying to do a little bit better job of posting more um, on that. I, I run that page. If you need to get a hold of me, you can message me personally at the Guitar House Tulsa page. It will come straight to my phone. So I'll see it there. So if anybody wants to chat with me about anything they're looking for or anything they want um, or just any questions in general about the shop, then you know, feel, please feel free to reach out. But yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. And it's been been really fun coming I, on the I'm show. Gonna... Had a great time. Oh, I'd love to come back. So Oh, right on. Yeah, we. I mean, we would love to have you because you're. Uh, I think we just scratched the surface of your expertise and knowledge. So um, that's been wonderful. But I will. I'm just going to second what you just said. Uh, just regarding, um, I know it's very hard to find people, especially in today's world, that you can trust. Um, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. But when I went there and like met you and Drew, I was like, oh, these are good human beings. Like I feel, I felt really confident about buying a guitar from you. Uh, shipping it was no question. Like I knew it was going to come safe. Um, and then also I think when you do find an instrument, whether it's a loved one or whatever, and you just want to feel confident that it's going to go, uh, you're going to get the right money for it and it's going to go to a good home. Like you guys are legit, like good human beings. And I just want to, I think we'll just leave it at that. So thanks for yeah, thank you, Justin. coming on the show. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Vince. Great to meet All you. Right, bye. Great talking to you again, Justin. Bye. Yeah.